Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a friend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Hey friends, welcome to episode 537 of the Happy Hour. I'm your host, Jamie, and we are in the middle of a series about boundaries. And we have heard from Lisa Turkhurst and Allison Cook all about boundaries. And today, this is a little bit different. It is still boundaries and it is still important. In fact, these are conversations that I love to have, but we're going to talk about boundaries with technology. And the guys that came on the show, and I'm going to introduce them to you in just a second, they actually said that technology is one of the biggest obstacles families are facing right now. Like it's more than sex. It's more than drugs and alcohol. It is technology. And you know what? I don't think they're wrong. I think this is something that all of us are feeling and thinking about. We're thinking about it for our own lives. If you're a parent or a grandparent or a teacher or an aunt and uncle, you're thinking about it for the kids that are in your lives. And I would like to say, if you're not thinking about it, I hope after today you start thinking about it. I want to preface this conversation as well with something that I say in the interview with Tracy is I I want us to give ourselves a little grace. If you're listening and you're thinking, gosh, I'm just going to feel beat down over this. I'm not doing everything I need to do. I have screwed up my kids, all the things. I want you to take all of those voices and take them out of your head because they are not true. What I want you to think instead is, okay, I'm learning something today and now I'm going to move forward with new information. Listen, if you're a parent, you're going to make a million mistakes. I have made a million, two million, three million mistakes, and some of those mistakes around technology. And I talk about some of the things that we've changed in our family in today's episode. I just want you to know that you can move forward with more information. And I think information is key. Knowledge is key. And so let me introduce our guest to you. First, we have Tracy Foster with Screen Sanity. Now, if you're a longtime Happy Hour listener, you'll remember Tracy's been on before. She was on Happy Hour episode 340 highly recommend you go listen to it but anyhow we talked today about boundaries with kids and she introduces some new tools that she has for parents we're going to give you a lot of information and I want to remind you always that you can go to my webpage and find all of these things in fact everything we're talking about today is going to be linked at jamieivy.com slash hh537 now, if you forget that, it's fine. You can remember Jamie Ivy. Go to jamieivy.com and you'll find it there. Tracy has a lot of helpful information for parents as we're talking about screens with our kids. They've got a social media playbook. And that's important because a recent survey said that 86% of today's kids say they're considering becoming a social media influencer. They don't want to be an astronaut. They don't want to be a nurse. They want to be a social media influencer. So these are important for us. There's a group study that you can do together. Tracy is very passionate about this and she does a great job talking about it. And then we have two more guests that come on after and their names are Heath Wilson and Joey Odom of RO. Now I heard about RO, believe it or not, on social media. I saw my friend Rebecca post about it and I got very intrigued about it. And this conversation is so helpful. Joey and Heath started um, RO and what they really want is they want individuals to sustain their relationships better uh, than always being on their phones. They want people to seek out real life community. They want people to put their phones away at certain times. And so they've created this box, which is so hard to see because you're listening to me, but it is a beautiful uh, piece of furniture. Basically, it's a box that you put on your counter. I'm giving one away that I'm just going to spoil the lead right here. We're giving one away over on Instagram. So go find me on Instagram today at Jamie Ivy. But what we talk about a lot with Heath and Joey is this is a great tool that they've created, but really parents and kids as well. We're all really just yearning to be more connected. 
And so technology is not going anywhere. So how do we provide tools to help us and our kids and whoever is in our else is in our home to really spend more time connecting to each other? So three guests today talking about boundaries around technology. You do not want to miss this episode. It is so, so, so very good. So here is my conversation with Tracy Foster and the RO guys, Joey and Heath. Tracy Foster, welcome back to the happy hour. Thank you so much. It's awesome to be here again, Jamie. Well, if anyone wants to hear you the first time, I think it was November of 2020 that you were on uh, episode 340. And now we're on episode 537. Amazing, Jamie. Amazing. Um, Well, I'm here to talk to you about boundaries with technology. And guys, if you have not heard her the first time, please go listen. Because honestly, Tracy, I feel like you and I could have a conversation every single week about boundaries with technology and our kids and all the things. So I want you to start by talking to us about the organization that you run and what y'all's purpose and mission is. Yeah, so we are called Screen Sanity, which is a new name. We used to be called Start, but really that's what we're trying to help people have. We're trying to maximize the benefits of technology. There are so many, like what we're doing right now, but minimize the side effects. We've gotten to the point where it's not just a hunch that unchecked tech can cause some challenges for all of us, ourselves and myself included, for sure. But especially when we think about our kids who don't have as fully developed of a prefrontal cortex or impulse control or All of the things that we struggle with are even harder for them. And so we want to help equip parents as mentors and guides. It might feel like we can't be in the ring because we aren't as tech savvy as they are, but we still have an awesome opportunity to help shepherd them and guide them. You know, I when I think about you guys, and I got this off your webpage, you say helping families pursue digital health so that kids grow up captivated by life and not screens. And I think the mm-hmm. tension that you and I feel and a lot of the listeners feel is that we're learning how to teach our kids this like in real time because our parents didn't have to teach us about internet and screen safety and online predators and all the things that can happen because those things didn't exist when we were growing up. I mean, at all and so we're all learning and so I think that you would say the same thing I always like to start these conversations with a lot of grace for parents you know because there could be a moment where you're hearing this and you're like I haven't done this I'm behind my kid already saw porn blah 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 and so you and I are both coming to the table saying be gracious with yourself mama and daddy and grandma am I right 110 percent we are the first generation who are navigating this and there has been no roadmap so of course there are going to be dents and bruises along the way We are all trying our best. And even just listening now is there's a Maya Angelou quote that says, I did the best I did until I knew better. And then I did better. And we are all in the same shoes here of learning this as we go. So true. Okay. So Tracy, this whole series, you guys are smack in the middle of it. We finish up next week, uh, the next episode, this whole series about boundaries. And we've been talking about relationship boundaries. We've been talking with Lisa Turkers about like, are boundaries okay for Christian women? We've talked with um, Dr. Allison Cook about like, boundaries start with us like we have to give ourselves a yes and we talked with Jim Crass about boundaries and we actually talk next week you guys with Jim and we talk about pornography a bit with kids so for you and then we have two more guys coming up in this episode that you love and adore and I'm so excited for our audience to hear them as well but I want to talk about how as parents adults teachers grandparents how do we help create boundaries around technology for our kids when we don't even know what that means where where do we start here (laughs) Yes. Well, one of the things that I think is kind of amazing, maybe it's just trying to find a silver lining, but the fact that we're struggling with this too, 
is a really unique thing yeah. of a parenting thing because most parenting situations we're almost exempt from. Like if we're married parents, like we can have all the sex we want and it's not sex out of, well, I guess <laughs> within reasons, but like we can tell our kids, oh, you shouldn't be doing this even though we are. Or we're allowed to drink because we're 21. Right. And this is one of those issues where it actually can be incredibly vulnerable and powerful depending on the age of your kids to say, I'm struggling with this too. Mm. So I think that's an important thing to acknowledge is just the fact that we don't know all the answers. We're struggling. There are things that we can be doing to set boundaries for ourselves. And then also there are a lot of ways that we can set boundaries for our kids. And to know that it's okay. Obviously, you've been talking about this in the whole series, but boundaries free us up to say our best yes. Right. And in this context, you know, tech companies, while they can provide so many wonderful things, they literally have hired people to study the human brain and figure out how best to persuade us, mm. how best to get our time and attention. But that ends up causing us to be pouring our time into something that maybe isn't what we really want to do. Mm. Um, and so I think we as parents can model through failure at times, through sharing stories that didn't go the way that we wanted. Hey, this is what we're wanting to help you do. These are your goals and outcomes. Yeah. Um, or this is what you're striving for. How can you help technology help you? You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. Well, one of our highest level overarching things, and then we can go through if you want five different elements that we particularly focus on around setting boundaries, but is to start with your values. I think this is the why, you know, it's always good to start with your why, but who are we as a member of the Ivy family or the Foster family or the Wilson family, you know, and you can start to, we actually are just launching a values exercise that can even work with little kiddos, but oh, little cards good. to say, we care about hospitality. Mm -hmm. We care about this. We care about that. It's a good thing to do as a family anyway. And then you can call out hey, you did a great job on the soccer field when you helped that friend up. That really was kindness or whatever mm -hmm. it might be. But then after you've done that, you can apply it to technology so that you have a little bit of a neutral ground. It's not that you're just the bad guy. Hey, I noticed 
And you can start by sharing. I noticed that I say that we have the value of hospitality, but guess what? We had so-and-so over for dinner. And actually, I don't know if you noticed, I like went to the bathroom for 20 minutes because I was so curious what was on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And I literally was ignoring the guests in my home because I was so drawn by my device, by what was happening in the streets or whatever it is. So I think starting with your values, each family can have their own values and they differ, but it gives a grounding point of some of the why you're going after some of this and can help relieve um, relieve the pain when you're trying to point out places where you or others are falling short. I think that is so good because when we think about boundaries and helping our kids with with internet and online and social media, it's so many times it can feel easier just to be like, this is what we don't do online. But what if we took our entire, like you're saying, our entire value system that we have as the Ivies or the Fosters or whatever your family is and put that on top of the internet, on top of sports teams, on top of schoolwork, on top of everything else. So then it's like, oh, well, we don't talk to people at school like this and we don't talk to people online like this and we talk to our family like this. So it's one thing. Yes, I love it. I mean, we've heard parents share about printing out text messages and being like, Uh what if we were to say this? Pretend that I am so-and-so who was in this group text and say it to my face. And the kid will be like, this is just a silly thing. Like, no way. I would never say that to you. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, and you can model it with other people. Like, hey, you know, it's not putting your kid in the hot seat necessarily. But yes, apply it across. I've said... I've said before, like, whatever you do on your phone, whether it's texting, whether it's liking a photo, whatever, I want you to imagine that, like, your grandma is in the room. And do you say that in front of your, do you show your grandma that photo? Like, look at, do do you screenshot this and text it to your grandma? And so that's kind of what we do here. You know, when I think about boundaries, Tracy, a lot of times I think that sometimes parents, because we've already acknowledged, we're we're behind because we didn't have this growing up. So we're learning and that's, we're acknowledging that. But I think sometimes that leads parents to go, oh, well, I'm sure that, like, YouTube and Instagram and TikTok. I'm sure they have ways to keep my kids from seeing bad things. And you started before we were recording telling me about a story about a young girl and how what she saw was so different than what someone else saw. And so I think as parents, you can think, well, I'm not seeing bad stuff online. No one's bullying me. Like I'm not coming across that. Surely my kids aren't. Can you talk to us a little bit about the differences and how just online companies are focusing so much on our children? Yes. I mean, obviously their bottom line is getting as much of our time and attention as possible. And they are able to know us in some ways better than we know ourselves in terms of our inner insecurities, our inner weaknesses. And so some of the applications like TikTok, there's incredible research that shows how they are within 30 minutes able to track some of the deepest, darkest things that are inside of any of us and start to push us towards that content. And I don't think that they're intentionally doing it maliciously necessarily it's just that they notice the algorithm notices wow this person is really noticing content where people are really skinny and talking about eating wow and the next thing you know you're getting hit by that so yeah there was a situation with a young girl in england who was 14 who committed suicide and the family is actually wanting to really bring light to the fact that it was social media that was such a key role Mm -hmm. to that and so they in a court situation had a senior leader from Pinterest, and they said, hey, the lawyer said, I want to show you the emails that she received from Pinterest and what was on her feed. And they scrolled through like 150 of the posts. And she had started a board called Depression. Mm. And it was, you know, the way Pinterest works, it shows you what other people have put on. So it was like frame after frame of self-harm and all of these other negative things to the point that the Pinterest executive said, I would never want anyone to be seeing mm. this content. I basically can't believe it. And so that's not what it is for everyone. I'm not for trying sure. to just be doom and gloom, 
But whatever, what's what's hard about technology is that it's so, it's it covers everything. And so then it can take whatever our biggest struggle is. Is our biggest struggle pornography? Is it um, comparison? Is it body image? And if we even start to click on some of those things, because guess what? They entice uh-huh. us. Um, then it'll show yeah. us more. I see that even in a really silly way. I do not want to follow the British royal family. But every once in a while, I follow the royals, my local sports team. Oh. And so Google associates the two. And so it started putting more things on my phone about the royal family in England. And the like a few times I'm like, oh, I can't resist. I'm going to click. And now it's like sending me more yep. of it. And I'm like, I don't want to be spending my time yep. on this, but I can't yeah. not. So that's what our kids are facing on all sorts of different topic areas. You know, one thing that you guys do at Screen Sanity is you really create a bunch of resources to help parents. And I think that's what I love about it because I have not dug into everything you guys are doing, but I've seen a lot of it. And I haven't seen where you're like, these are the must 10 things that you should be doing. I feel like you're giving parents tools and you're saying, create this for your own family. Obviously, with some things that we would all agree in as parents and humans and stuff. Um, but you're giving them tools. And I think that is so great. So if a parent is listening and they've got an up and coming child or they have a child that that has access to a phone and YouTube and TikTok and all of the things, where should a parent start with, okay, I think we need to think about boundaries around technology with our kids? The first place I would say if you have a kid with social media is we have a resource called our social media playbook. It's available for free download on our website. You can grab it on Amazon. The printed copy is beautiful, but it's really designed as an interactive conversation starter because especially for kids at that age, if you just try to enforce, there there are times and places where it's absolutely about you enforcing Uh things, like not letting devices go into bedrooms is one of the biggest things we would encourage you enforcing. But a lot of it also is about helping to explain and talk with the kids so they feel a sense of buy-in on these boundaries that they're not just pushed on them. So our social media playbook goes through eight different topics that just really help crack open what is it that you want to communicate mm. online? Who, what, what do you want people to feel when they see your posts? What are some posts that you've seen that have made you feel bad? Why did they make you feel bad? How do you think about that? So it's super, I mean, it could almost be sold at paper source in terms of the way that we tried to mm-hmm. design it, but it helps you to have the conversation. And my favorite thing is if you have a kid with social media is to do it alongside them. To say, hey, I'm doing this too That's to think good. about my social media and then let's talk about our answers. Because so much of this, and this is what I think you do so well in your family, Jamie, the various times we've talked about this, but it's just about cracking open that mm-hmm. conversation. And so, but we don't know what to say. Cause like you said, we no one never had these conversations yeah. with us. So we start like stuttering and being like, uh, what do you think of social yeah. media? And then like <laughs> yeah. Another another thing similar to that that I would suggest, especially if you're about to get your kid a smartphone, is we have a resource called the Smartphone Toolkit, which is really similar. It goes through a few different areas that really are, I wouldn't say it because boundaries isn't as sexy when you're you know talking to a kid, but it goes through five or so areas of boundaries, but it's conversation started. It's like, hey, wh- what do you think? At what, let's talk about what apps yeah. you get at first mm-hmm. on your phone. What's the app that you want next? What do you need to demonstrate to me in terms of responsibility in order to get that it's just a one pager it's cute well it's a one pager for the kids but there's also like a one page cheat sheet of kind of like okay when you're talking through this how do you talk through it so we have a variety of resources for kids that are at the age where they actually have devices Mm -hmm. 
And then we also have some things for parents whose kids don't yet have devices, and we could talk about that too. It's so good because I think that we're, you know, we sound like a broken record here that we're all learning this together. But another, I think, battle for parents is we don't know what other parents are doing. Like we don't know what's going on. And so your kid comes home and they're like, I'm the only one that doesn't have fill in the blank, or I'm the only one that doesn't have this. And we're like, oh, we have different standards here. I mean, I remember when we brought our kids to a new school system they came home and they're like everyone has a device and I was like what I mean and they're in elementary school I'm like a device and then we would get emails it was like bring your device to school today I was like we don't have devices and so then my kids were like the only ones having to use like the school computers and stuff you know and so I think that's hard too what do you talk about parents of if your kids like everyone in my class has an iPhone oh my gosh Jamie I'm so glad you hit on that because I think this is one of the things that we're that we are hamstring by as parents It's called information asymmetry. So these kids can all talk with each other and be like, okay, you're going to get a phone. Okay, you're going to get a phone. None of them might actually have a a believable plan that their parents are going to get them a phone. But then they come home and they say, oh, well, everyone else is getting one. And because you feel socially awkward, you don't necessarily, most parents text and be like, are you really doing that? So as much as you can get ahead, we've launched this new, it's basically a book club. It's like, it's like, you know, a study guide. Um, It's video based. It's six key topics you can cover it in two to three times but that's the best thing you can do is to reach out to some friends and say eek i'm feeling overwhelmed by tech in my home i just found i just listened to a podcast about it i'm Mm. trying to figure out what to do would you be interested in joining me in a screen sanity study the study has gotten so much incredible feedback but it basically allows these conversations to be teed up in the context of others is it just you and your sister is it just you and your best friend But by bringing people together to start to talk about these topics, and honestly, you can start talking about them much earlier than you might I would agree. Yeah. So if it's, hey, second grade moms, um, let's come together. Or if you're in the PTO, we're about, we're launching soon a parent night kit so that you can have some of this content come together. And then the, the dialogue almost always is as supportive as you could possibly imagine. You know, the reason why a lot of parents make these decisions is because of exactly what you said. And you can find that if they find out that other people aren't mm. doing this, they actually like have this sigh of relief of like, yeah. okay, I'm exactly, in. Exactly. Now, I want to make sure I'm correct on this because I'm about to say something. You correct me if I'm wrong, Tracy. Uh, yeah. y- you and your husband, you guys are followers of Jesus. But what you're doing here, this is not Christian material. Am I right about that? That is right. Well, what I was going to say is like, I'm thinking about this, like, you know, this sanit- screen sanity group study. And I'm just thinking, oh, I know tons of moms that, g- that have a Bible study in their home. How about you take a six week break from the Bible? And this is, I mean, you still love Jesus, guys, and go through this with the moms or do it at your church or whatever. But I also wanted to encourage people. This is not just a churchy thing. This is not that's a Christian right. thing. It is a public for anybody. So that's what I wanted to get. let people I'm know. glad. I'm so glad you clarified that. Yes. And you can do it in even just two or three weeks. And while this isn't scripture based, it is one of the biggest issues that we hear from oh, 100%. pastors and everything. So I agree with you that it's like, hey, this is important, even if it's not a scripture study. And it's something that you can use to invite other people into your bubble. You know, that's exactly right. Even churches can do it. You know it. who does this well? Our mutual friend, Jamie Nado. Ah, because yes. 
I see Jamie talk about this and she's like, you know what? We just, a bunch of moms, we all got together and she's like, we're not doing this social media app until this year. And she always says, if we're all doing it, then it's not weird anymore. And so she said exactly what you said. Just ask the other moms because we're kind of in this silo. We don't know what the other parents are doing. It's just what our kids say. So if you got all of your friend group together of all your kids' friends and went to all the moms, they might not all agree, but I think they would enjoy the conversation no matter what they think, is say, hey, let's all say we're not going to do TikTok until 11th grade. I mean, you know, I'm just throwing something out there. Totally. That would give all the moms so much peace and comfort. And we are an organization founded by moms who never intended to create a big organization, but we're just struggling in the trenches. And so our resources Mm -hmm. are all designed for what we think we want and need, because it can feel awkward to invite people over to have a conversation about tech. And so (laughs) we created a beautiful book that you literally can just be like, hey, have you guys heard about this? I heard about it on the podcast. Do you want to join it with me so that you're not that know-it-all You are just plating up that you're another mom in the trenches. Hey, mamas, come together or or dads, let's come together and talk about it. Exactly. Yeah. You know, if you guys, we're we're throwing a lot of resources at you. And I know most of you are listening while you're running or doing dishes or driving or whatever. All of this is easy to find. If you go to jamieivy.com, there's a podcast button and then you can scroll down and you can see this episode. It's episode 537, if you're wondering. You know, Tracy, I think a lot of people will, this is such good information. We're going to put all these links on our webpage and I want everyone to know about this stuff. I love what you guys do. But um, I I would like to ask you two questions um, as we wrap you up here. Number one, why does this matter? And I know we talked a little bit at the beginning, but I mean, I, I really want parents to think through why does it matter that we think through boundaries around technology with our kids? Because it's not just rules. It's not just like, here's what we're going to do. I want to hear from you. Like, why does this matter that we create these boundaries? Yeah, it matters for a lot of reasons. These devices are affecting different people in different ways. But they're really, at the most core human level, we are wired for connection. And Mm. our youth are now, all of us though, okay, we're wired for connection. And what's happening now is we're more connected than ever, but more disconnected from really deep relationships. And when you look at how to process anxiety, depression, sadness, all of these things, it almost always comes back to having someone with whom you can process it. And yes, text messages can help process, sure, but the more that you actually have people who you are in it with. And so I think we hear constantly from kids who don't feel like they have a single person who they could really have a deeper conversation with. They're on a thousand group text threads. They're followed by a million people. So that's one thing. The second thing I'll say is that these, these devices are taking away from some of the things that we value most, family time, sleep. We talk a lot about trying to get those devices out of the bedroom. Because I remember what it was like when I had young babies and I wasn't getting sleep. I was grouchy. And when you look at mental health challenges, one of the biggest factors is sleep. So if we can help our kids sleep better, it will help them even just in that regard. So there are are so many different ways that this plays out in different people's lives. But um, it really is one of the most forward thinking things that you could do to help your kids. Yeah, and I just want to encourage people listening to, like a lot of people will think, well, I mean, I'm too late. You know, my kid's 18, 19, or my kid's 15. We've already, you know, we've already had all these problems. And I just, I want to encourage you and say it's not too late because I'll give you an example personally from my family. I have four kids. And, you know, they say sometimes the youngest just gets to do whatever they want because the parents are tired and whatever. Well, I'm telling you, we've learned a lot about technology. 
in the last couple of years. And so my daughter, who's a girl, um, is a freshman and she doesn't have any social media apps right now. And I wish I wouldn't have let my ki- my boys have them then, you know? And so I say that to say you can, you learn and you don't beat yourself up. You just go, okay, we're going to do it differently. And even when your kid's like, this isn't fair because my brother or my sister got it when they were in this grade. I tell them, honestly, it doesn't feel fair at all. And I know, but I've learned a lot now and I wish I would have waited. So I've said that out loud. And um, so just Mm -hmm. to encourage you, like, don't feel like, oh, it's too late. They've already seen this. They've already got this. You can still incorporate those family values into moving forward for what you're doing. That's right. And if you want more resources on that, one of the segments in our book that's a deep dive is specifically around how to step into that when you feel like there's maybe already been some challenges. Because you just spoke, you you said it beautifully, Jamie, I completely agree. And the other thing I'll say around that is a lot of times people give these things because they don't want their child to miss out. Right. But one of the things that we've heard from so many teens is I've never felt so left out as I did once I got social media. Like I'm now crippled by feeling left out. And so you're like, oh, dang, this is actually why you even had it. So most kids, when they don't have it, if it's explained with love and care, they actually end up feeling a lot of relief and they thank their parents later. Yeah. And you guys, I'm sure you guys talk about this too. In iPhones, you can put time limits on things, you know? And so we got to a point where we got lax and we're like, God, our kids are spending so much time on this. And then, you know, I did, I went in and I put time limits on things. And so you only get so much time. Um, So there are just ways that you can incorporate this. Um, Tracy, I am such a big fan of everything that you guys are doing uh, to really help families pursue digital health. And it is something that's very important right now for parents. And, you know, all those mamas that are having their first babies right now, this matters. You know, it matters as you're thinking through all kinds of stuff. Can I say two more things that I just thought of? I want you to say whatever you want to say. Yes. One is we are getting ready to launch in January um, a series of plugged in planners, which is actually age specific. So it's not going to give you this many minutes. That's not our style. But there's one for preschool, elementary school and middle school, because like you said, it starts so much younger where you can start to instill these habits. Boundaries can become habits and norms and just natural. And so they're really cute little workbooks that can basically just help you start to reflect and think through what are some of the things that I want. So we're super excited about that from an age group thing. Then another thing for anyone who is maybe currently in a Bible study, if you feel unsure of whether or not, oh, is this going to be okay? We are actually about to have our content. We were requested by Right Now Media to put our content in their platform. Even though it's mainstream, we were kind of surprised. And so that could maybe help give some validity to, hey, this is not, I'm not taking you like on a random side note. This is actually something that's in right now media. So that could help for some people. I love that. Well, Tracy Foster, thank you so much. Um, Guys, like I said, we're going to link to all of these things because it's a really big resource for for parents and teachers and like you said, PTA presidents, principals. I mean, this is is information that you could use wherever you have interactions with children. YMCA, after school care, whatever it is, you could have uh, this information, these programs for kids. And so Tracy, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, We love having you you on. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you so much. I would love to know, what are you loving these days? <laughs> well, I'm loving the Kansas City Chiefs. They're doing awesome. Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, Patty Mahomes, that's who y'all got up there? That's who, yeah. Have you heard of him? I've heard of him a little bit. Like, I think some football player. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
I have a fifth grader, and I don't know if you know, Patrick Mahomes loves, I have other, he's one of my kiddos, but Patrick Mahomes loves ketchup. Have you heard about this? Okay. No. I no. had lunch with the fifth grade table the other day, and I cannot tell you the number of ketchup sandwiches that are being because eaten of Patrick in Kansas Mahomes. City because of Patrick Mahomes. There you go. So he's influencing our, our kids in lots of ways, but I do love that man in, an, in a weird way. Okay. What else are you loving? Um, period panties. Tell me I don't more. I know how many of you guys have tried them. They are amazing. And they are an example of social media for good. Some influencer, I actually can't remember who it was, posted about them. And I was like, huh, how novel. That's really interesting. And so I got some and I am obsessed. I literally, oh, I mean, I've had them for probably, I don't know how many, maybe almost cycles. a year now. Uh-huh. How many cycles? And like every single month, I'm like, I can't believe that I was a teen girl who lived without period panties and period bathing suits. I've seen them online. I now, love them. What are they called? Are they called period panties? I think that's the con. I think that's the that's like the product category. There are certain brands like I got think it's it. Called. Thanks. Yeah, there's certain brands. Thanks. Yes. Yep. yep. Full disclosure, okay. I'm wearing some right now. <laughs> Full disclosure. <laughs> and nobody knows, except now we all know. Uh, no, I actually, um, full disclosure, I have a pair. I, I mean, I like them. I I literally have told my husband so many times, and he's like, okay, I get it. Like, I don't need I to talk it. about this anymore. <laughs> well, you know what? We but can't talk about them. it because we're women, and there's a lot of women that listen yes. to the show. And so there you go. I love it so much. Well, <laughs> Tracy, I'm cheering for those Chiefs for you. I will think of you now when I watch them play. And um, you, you may tell you a funny story about the Chiefs. I two, would love to hear. Uh, was it two weeks ago, Patrick Mahomes threw an interception at the end and y'all lost the game? Yeah. I don't mean to bring it up. Let me tell you, that, <laughs> that game was played on a Sunday. On a Thursday night, for some reason, they were replaying it. I thought it was Thursday night football cool. that I was watching. I was watching that game and I... I was sitting on the edge of my seat. I'm like literally on the edge of my seat watching the game. And then Mahomes threw that interception. I was like, this seems vaguely familiar. <laughs> and then this is why I knew it was that. This is so bad. I feel bad for him because cameras are always on them. He was walking on the field and he said a cuss word and you could read it on his lips. And I remember watching it with my kids. and I was like, oh, he's mad, you know, and I saw it play again. And so I had to watch that interception twice. So I apologize to the Chiefs fans. Well, for your next guest, uh, Joe. Joey Odom is a huge Bills fan. Oh, he so you is. Can, you can mention to him that you watched that game twice, twice because the Bills beat them. The Bills beat them. And so I'm happy for him. I'm glad to have a friend who I could celebrate in the midst of that. What's their quarterback name that's so good? Um, Josh Allen. Josh Allen. Yeah. Okay. I'll bring it up. I mean, it, it'll be a nice talking point. Those it'll... guys are so good. I wish I could be there. Oh, well, I'm really excited to hear from them um, about what they're doing to help families really, really like live captivated by life and not by screen. So I'm super excited. Tracy, thank you so much for coming back on the happy hour. Thank you so much, Jamie. I'm so grateful. All right, guys, I know it's November and I know you might not be thinking about Christmas yet, but now is the time to start thinking about Advent. Now, I want to tell you about an Advent study from some of my favorite people at She Reads Truth. You know, Rachel and Amanda, they've been on the show several times. I love chatting with them anytime they're on because I love and appreciate the work that they do to make reading the Bible simple, accessible, and enjoyable. In a couple weeks, we have a whole episode dedicated to Advent. But before we get there, I want you to have an opportunity to get their newest study. She Reads Truth's Advent theme for this year is Come Thou Long Expected Jesus, Born to Set Thy People Free. 
These words from a beloved hymn capture the heart of Advent, longing, waiting, and expectation. From the very beginning, Scripture builds our anticipation of our Savior, God Himself, who would dwell among His people and set them free from sin and death. She Reads Truth has created a beautiful five-week Advent experience where you will celebrate Jesus' first coming as a baby born in Bethlehem and anticipate His second as the glorious King over all. The She Reads Truth and He Reads Truth Advent books feature daily scripture reading that follows the theme found in each lyric of Come Thou Long Expected Jesus. They are also filled with thoughtful and celebratory additional content, including daily reflection prompts, recipes, crafts, Christmas hymns, and more. You guys, they are beautiful. Check out the 2022 Advent Collection by visiting shereadstruth.com slash Advent. That's shereadstruth.com slash Advent. And if you use the code jamieadvent at checkout, you're going to get 15% off all Advent products. Now, in order to read Advent 22 with the She Reads Truth community, the last day, listen to this, the last day to order with standard shipping rates is November 14th. So you guys, this is something you need to do right now. Do not delay. Go to shereadstruth.com slash jamieadvent. You're going to get 15% off when you use the code jamieadvent. There is something there for every person in your family for this Advent season. All right, you guys, we just talked to Tracy, and it was so amazing. She's been on before. I already told you to listen to her episode, but now I have two more guests. This is a three-guest episode, which, has it ever happened? I don't know. I need to look, but I want to welcome Heath and Joey. Welcome to the show. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Good and to be we here. love Tracy. We I, she loves you guys. Tracy Foster. She just You don't make them like her anymore. She's the best. She did tell me to mention um, the last Chiefs-Bills game, mm. so she said that you would be happy. She I, was sad. You were happy. I am happy, but she her happiness when the Chiefs beat the Bills in the AFC Championship last year probably trumps a regular season. <laughs> a regular game. So season she's, game. She's still winning. <laughs> in she, October, she's still winning. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, exactly. Right, exactly. A game yeah. in October, you can give it to her. <laughs> exactly. Well, we love what they're doing. Uh, what Tracy and her team are doing It's just been it's been important for me to learn as a as a as a mom uh, raising teenagers. And so the whole thing, you know, we're talking about is technology. We talk about boundaries with Tracy, and. Uh, before you guys introduce yourselves and tell me your story, I want to tell you this. The way I found out about you guys is through a social media post mm. from a friend oh. of mine. Rebecca Lyons yes. posted something her and Gabe were doing, and she talked about you guys, and I was very intrigued. And so that's how I even found out about you guys. I love it. So I'm so excited. So jump in, guys. Tell us. Introduce yourselves, and then we'll jump into what we're talking about today. So I'm Heath Wilson. Um, I'm, I'm Joey Odom. <laughs> <laughs> Joey and I met at a men's small group many, many years ago, randomly placed beside each other in a room of six, 800 people and just had a connection. Um, we weren't real close for several years after that because our kids are different ages and you know we're doing different things in life. And then we'd reconnected via text, ironically, as we get into this conversation, but we reconnected via text and I'd shot him a note one day and said, hey man, I've got a big idea. I think you're the guy to be part of it. We should have lunch. Yeah, those I, are fun text messages to get, and we've kept them. That's what's why we, yeah. we have the screenshots of them. It's yeah. fun to see the the, yeah. the birth of those sorts of things. Yeah, and tell us a little bit about you. Yeah, I mean, I think I think especially as it relates to this, I, I think back to a story when my son, who's now fourteen, when he was five years old, and he was playing uh, he was playing soccer, and he was um, uh, he doesn't. 
he's okay with me saying this. He's a great tennis player now. He was a bad soccer player then. <laughs> yeah. um, and he was. Are there great soccer players at five? I that's mean, such a good point. <laughs> you know, I know. There, yeah, you go. there you go. That's a good way yeah. to look at it. So he, you know, it's this this magical moment where he's the last kid on the on the team to have scored a goal. So he has this moment where you kind of think about it in cinematic terms, slow motion. It was him, the ball, the net. He rears back his leg. He kicks the ball end over end into the net, and everybody goes crazy. The coach picks him up. The crowd goes wild. It's the kid who hasn't scored a goal scored a yeah. goal so that's fun and the first thing he does is he looks over to the sidelines to lock eyes with me because that's what you do a son looks to dad and makes sure dad saw it but the problem was that i totally missed the moment because i was staring down at my phone and my wife nudged me and said harrison just scored and you missed it and he looked to you and so it was this mm. you know crushing moment of of like gosh i missed this Good thing is he tells me he doesn't remember that. Yeah, yeah. But it's this it's this moment, and, and it was one of those you look back on the little breadcrumbs that lead you to where you are, and I think that was a moment. And our goal with what we're doing now is to make sure other dads, other moms, don't have to tell that same story. Um, and Heath, you know, was at the peak of his career at that time, about to sell his company um, in, in a major transaction. And funny enough, in all that success, he was thinking about the exact same thing, and unknowingly, and then we we got connected from there. All right, so I want to go back to the beginning. Um, you had this idea, and you sent Joey the text. What was your idea? Well, I, it started with my own personal failures. So I was an entrepreneur, had a business, it was growing, we had you know, a lot of success, and I just found that I got wrapped up in work. Mm. And really, maybe my identity was wrapped up in work, but how that manifested was I was on my devices all the time. So I just noticed, and at the time, I think my kids were – 12, 13, I've got four kids, 13, 13, 11, and nine at the time. So I saw the future mm-hmm. of them getting, infi- I called infinity in their pocket. So giving them infinity in their pocket. Right. And I thought, wow, I've been a terrible role model. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter what I was doing. I was working. It's not like I was scrolling social media, but to them, it was all the same. And I thought, I've, I've got to do something different with them because if I can't control it, and I, I like to think of myself as a pretty disciplined guy. Yeah. And I thought, if I can't control it, most people can't control it. And certainly my kids haven't seen a good example of how to use this wonderful, powerful yeah. tool. And the thought was, I just need, I don't need to do something different. I'd also gone through at the same time a couple different mentoring groups mm-hmm. um, with, with some gentlemen that were older than me that just poured into me some wisdom. I did the same with, with some younger uh, uh, fellows as well. And it was funny, you go through this program and it's like, hey, what's the one thing that's keeping you from being the person you want to be? Husband, father, believer, everyone pulled out their phone. Wow. I mean, 100% of <laughs> all of these high achievers pulled out their phone, and I thought, okay, everyone right. is struggling with this. Right. That led me down this rabbit trail of habit formation and the science behind it. Why do we do certain things? Why do we get addicted to other things? And and I thought, okay, I've, I've got an idea here. We just haven't, as a society, th- you know, these phones are pretty new, 15 yep. years yep. old, right? Yep. So this is learned behavior. We just haven't learned. We haven't defined a place for them. Yeah. I know where my car goes. I know where my silverware goes, my clothes, you know, all that stuff's defined. But with the phone, we don't have a place. So yeah. what do we do? We put it in our pocket or on the counter or in a purse. So that's where it started. Like, let's define a place. Mm-hmm. So good. You know, when I was talking with Tracy, and you guys probably understand this as well, I was saying how as we were talking specifically about parents and helping our kids with technology. Yeah. So helping them with social media and internet and all the things. What I always like to remind myself and remind other parents is like, we're learning this along with our kids. 
which is difficult because our parents, neither none of us in this mm-hmm. room had any of this when we were growing up. Yeah. Nothing. We, we, we were not connected at all. There was yeah. no internet. Um, it had not been invented by, who said they in, invented the internet? I think it was Al Gore. Al Gore. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Gore. <laughs> it had not been invented you know, right. when we were younger. And so we're all having to learn. So there's a lot of grace there. But you know, I understand that tension as well yeah. as having a mom with teenagers who are so connected mm-hmm. to their phones. And so you have this idea, which we're all feeling the same tension mm-hmm. that you described. I mean, yeah. no one listening doesn't feel this tension. Right. I think even if you're a college age kid, you know how you are so addicted to your phone. Not addicted, that might not be the right word. You're just attached to it, maybe. It's captivating. Yeah. Yeah. It's what it do we is. do with it? Yeah, it, it has yeah. everything you need. Um, so you have this idea, and then what? It started with the shoe box. Actually, it was a shampoo box. My wife had ordered some shampoo, and I grabbed it, I wrote, something on the front like a logo and and then cut a hole in the back and put some cords in and really the test was hey will this visual cue serve as a reminder to put your phone and charge it there and it did but we got no credit for using it so then i thought all right we've got to gamify this we've got to make it fun and rewarding we need to be able to track the data we need to be able to measure it we want to be able to log it like tag it like what did i do when i was off my phone so it started with something really simple, and then we just kept moving to the next step and the next step and the next step with just really beta tests with families to say, all right, does, does this concept work? Okay, I want to talk about the tracking and stuff, but it just made me think about something. I used to be a runner, so mm-hmm. I, I like to preface that. It's my pride. Why I have to say that before I say now I'm a walker, okay? <laughs> like, I walk now because... No, once a runner, always a runner. Well, yeah, you. it's like a Marine. Thank like, you're you. always a Marine. Exactly. Except my back says otherwise. But anyhow, <laughs> um, I walk for exercise mm-hmm. a lot. But you know what's funny is I, if I go out and don't have my watch or my phone where it's going to tell me how long I've walked, in my opinion, it's not worth walking. It's so I literally, you're so right. And like, why would? And when I used to run, my husband and I would go run together, and I'm like, okay, do you want to start your stopwatch? And he's like, I'm not timing myself. And I was like, well, you're not. T- why are you running? If you're not timing yourself, why are you running? Like, what? What are we doing? <laughs> and so I understand like the value that it is for you to see the progress yes, yeah. and see what you're doing. Okay, so let's talk about this box. And I because I told you guys I saw it on Rebecca's. Um, Instagram maybe and I was so intrigued by it because Mm -hmm. like you guys I have children who all have phones and there have been like our kids are if you're in high school and below you have to plug your phone in Mm -hmm. downstairs on the desk all the things Um, and we try and one time my kids had a birthday party and I was like everyone put your phones in the basket and they all were weirded out by it my kids especially I think they were embarrassed like (laughs) mom why would you just done the worst (laughs) thing you could ever do to us but so we have time we have all the things on our phone so this is a value to the Ivies but I saw this, and you guys, you can't see it because you're listening, but follow me on Instagram. I'm going to show it to you. I saw this, and I thought, this is beautiful, and it's exactly what we need. Yeah. And so tell us about this product. I'll start with the – let me start with and follow me for a second in my, in my monologue. Let's start with the actual goal of what we're trying to do. Yeah. Our mission is to help people experience life uninterrupted. So period, that's the goal. And we all know that the biggest distraction we have is is our phone that, we, that goes with us. And we just, we define distraction as anything that gets in the way of our intentions. Because, and again, everybody listening here today, I guarantee wants to be more present. I, I think to a person they right. would say, I wanna be more present. And this is getting in our way. So the goal is let's help people be more present in, in relationship more. It really does come down to relationship, be in relationship more. and. 
the way to do that is similar to fitness app. Your, your walking example and running example is a perfect one. Getting that data from what you've done is really, really helpful towards a habit creation. Habit creation, the final step in habit creation, it's a cue. You need a cue, you have a routine, and then you get a reward. Mm-hmm. So the reward you get really on the end of it is the things that you've done away from your phone, a great conversation, mm-hmm. well, family dinner, whatever that may be, family movie without a second screen, whatever that is. But the reward, kind of the breadcrumb reward, and sorry to use breadcrumbs twice in one interview, sorry. <laughs> um, but the, um, the, the, real, the, the breadcrumb towards that is you see your data, you get a badge, you see your streak, and that encourages you, okay, I want to do this some more. But the only way to access the data for how much time you've been away from your phone, which is what we track, how much time you're away from your phone, and then we gamify, gamify using that data. The only way to get that is by having a place that tracks that time. Yeah. So. We the real experience is within the app, and it's activated by the, the box, the, the box. RO box. When you drop it in, it automatically connects to the app. You don't have to do anything, because any friction getting in the way of dropping your phone, yeah. people will completely bail on it. Mm-hmm. Even if you have to open an app and then drop it in, people won't do that. So we've, we've gone through the patenting process, we're patenting the technology that helps us do this, where you drop your phone, immediately connects, plays a beautiful signature sound that we have, and it starts tracking that time you're away from it. You go do whatever it is that you want. And people, it's it's no friction to drop it in, but there's a little friction to drop to pull the phone out because people say, oh, I want to continue a, ses- a session, or it's a little bit of a walk of shame. Someone sees you open the lid, and, uh-huh. and then they realize you're taking your phone out. So that's kind of working backwards to front is it starts with relationship, it goes through the gamification of the app, and it all begins with that simple drop of a phone in the box, and the the box does the rest for you. So you guys all have teenagers. How are you getting your teens on board with this? I'd say we have two different examples. So my kids had phones when we started beta testing this. His did not. So actually the answer from both of us will be interesting. So my kids have grown up with this. Obviously I'm I'm one of the the guys who started it from the shampoo Mm -hmm. box. but there's still some pushback. I mean, they had they had gotten used to having I don't want to say unfettered access. I mean, we have, of course, we For had sure. some rules and restrictions around it. Um, but your example of asking kids to put their phones in the basket, we've done the same thing. When kids spend the night, they have to put their phones, you know, inside. And what's been interesting is, in many cases, my son or daughter, in particular, have come and said, "Hey, can you remind us at a certain time?" Mm. Because they crave the connectivity, they crave connections and relationships, and they know. And they've said this probably verbatim, like. We just have better conversations when the phones aren't there. Yeah. We do different things when the phones aren't mm-hmm. there. Even from a studying perspective, I'll, I'll walk downstairs and they've got you know, an RO downstairs and they're throwing their phones into it. Yeah. So surprisingly, they have come alongside mm-hmm. and have been the ones pushing this to a degree. Now, Joey's yeah. situation is slightly different. So we've my kids did not have phones, so they've they have they both now have phones. But we've had RO the entire time that they've had that. So it's been it's a lot easier easier to initiate yep. a habit rather than change a habit. Mm-hmm. And so initiating that relationship with their phone has not been a super challenging thing. Um, and so for them, they really do have a very good relationship with their phone. They it's when they're not using it, this is where this is where they drop it, this is where they place it. Family dinners, no big deal. We just had um, we were down in Florida for my parents' fiftieth wedding anniversary, so there were it was all my siblings and their kids, so there are eighteen people in a single house. And my daughter was nervous. She goes, Dad, are you gonna you gonna give me a bunch of rules around the phone when we get there? And I said, no, you you know, there's the the only rule is don't let your phone get in the way of the re- relationships in front of you. And so for her, I did not have a concern about her being the the twelve year old in the cor- in the corner, kind of scrolling her phone because mm-hmm. she has that healthy relationship mm-hmm. with her phone. Again, 
that's not to say it's perfect. That's not to say there's a lot of stuff we, yeah. we're not, you know, keeping an eye on. But she does have a very, very good relationship that I think Andy Stanley says that healthy relationships don't require rules. And so she has a healthy relationship that doesn't really require a bunch of rules yeah. um, when it comes to that relationship with their device. You know, I think what's encouraging to parents is you don't realize it. And you just hit on it a little bit, Heath, when you said that like they kind of crave that. Yeah. And I have noticed that a little bit. Like we've, I think one of the hardest parts about parents is consistency. Mm -hmm. I mean, just being consistent with one thing. I mean, that's just so hard. Um, And so we have kind of gone through waves and of what we do with technology and stuff. But I do remember there was a season when I was driving my kids a lot because they didn't have their license. Three of them do now. But football practices and carpools and all the kinds of things. And often I would say to my kids' embarrassment when all the kids were in the car, (laughs) like, hey, no one on your phones. Yeah. Yeah. And they just would start talking mm. when otherwise they would all be on their phones and they'd be playing a game with each mm-hmm. other, you know, but they would all start talking. And, you know, I don't do that anymore. I'm not driving them around as much. But there was a point at the beginning that they felt kind of embarrassed by mm-hmm. it. But I think they liked it yeah. because they enjoyed the conversation. And so I think sometimes when you're talking about boundaries with technology and our families, sometimes we don't know what we want till we have it. Yeah. It's so true. And I, I will tell you, in our usage and our beta testing, and then our use from our users, we sh- actually started shipping out last week, who really craves it are young kids. Mm. We believe that this would be for families with kids who are 12 to 16 years old. Yeah. It is for anybody with a with a child. I mean, anybody past birth is. It's a perfect time for for those kids because they really crave. And I believe, and this is this is my own theory. I think that the kids do adapt and said in the theory this is real they adapt to the environment around them and i think most of them grow accustomed to the fact that the phone becomes the priority and they become the distraction and when there's an opportunity for them to put their phone to tell mom and dad to put their phone down heath calls ro it's it is it's a parental control device but it's reverse yeah Yeah, it's it's, it's in reverse that kids can control their parents they tell them to put their phones away um, there's a, a beta tester by the name of Jennifer Edward, and she one thing she did that I love, she has a five-year-old that I love, is she would hand her phone to her five-year-old to go put in RO for her. And so what she's doing is two things. She is telling her five-year-old that their, the five-year-old is more important than her phone. Mm-hmm. And so you bestow value on anybody when you put your phone down in front of them, I yeah. believe. You bestow value on them. The second thing she does, she's teaching that child from an early age what it looks like to have a good relationship with your device. So building that muscle memory of putting your phone down when it's time for a relationship. Yeah. yeah. You know, this summer I read um, John Mark Comer's mm. Elimination of Hurry. So, so good. good. I'd never read it before, you guys. So I read it on sabbatical. And the biggest thing that it has changed for me which I'll be honest, is a hassle a lot, is I don't have email on my phone anymore. Well, It's a hassle sometimes. Yeah. I mean, it's a hassle when you try to log into something and they're like, we're gonna send you your access code, your email, and I'm like, I don't have my computer. You know, it's a hassle when I buy movie tickets and they're yeah. in my email, yeah. so it is a hassle. But I here we are, October, I did that in June. I'm still doing it. That's awesome. And, um, but what I was gonna say is, I think that having to go back and change things is often so difficult. Like yeah. for me to go back and change that, it has affected my relationship with my phone. Hmm. Um, and it's harder, because I was used to checking my email. But I found myself checking my email all the time. And yeah. I say to our team, and I say to Aaron all the time, I'm like, listen, we can go home from work and put work to side because we're not running the country here. Like, <laughs> no one's gonna die if we don't answer their email. You know what I mean? Like. We're not in a war. We're not making decisions. Right. I'm not on call as a doctor. And so really trying to do it, but it starts with the parents. And so yeah. I would love to hear from you guys just how you've seen that affect families. Like, I think we can all say 
being on our phones nonstop is bad. Yeah. But how have you seen the reverse? Like, what have you heard from families or even your own selves of how they have felt their family has thrived by really taking the time to put their devices away? It's it's actually it's gotten a lot easier for our family. So some of this is setting those correct boundaries. Mm-hmm. So one example in our family is you know on Sunday it's a no screen time day, mm-hmm. and because we've set that boundary, we don't argue about it. Yep. Um, you know, other things, I, I would just say in general, like, it's funny, my, I would ask my kids, like, how many of your friends have their devices in their bedroom when they go to, when they go to bed? And they said, all, all of them. Of them? Mm. But we don't, mm-hmm. right? So at least on some level, I know my kids are getting a good night's sleep because if my phone were in my room, I'd be on it for hours yeah. at night as well. Yeah. Um, so a couple of those, you know, making, I always say, like, if you need one thing, just keep the phone out of the bedroom yeah. at night. Yeah. You know, you're going to, they're, email, homework, like stuff, other stuff happens where during the day maybe a little mm-hmm. bit more difficult, but certainly just let your kid get some good rest yeah. while they're growing up. Yeah. I, I think that that's one of the more fun parts about all of this is hearing the, the story. Again, it began with we, wanna, we, want, we want other moms and dads to be able to change, their, change the narrative. And um, we were talking with a beta tester, her name's Amy. So she and her, uh, and her daughter, Tavi, I was asking her, I was like, hey, I was beta testing going. This is the first story she went to. She said, we had this two and a half hour conversation that was that was amazing. And and when she, she goes, I hadn't really thought about, oh, yeah, that we did put our phones in RO right before. Mm. Yeah. And it's funny. And th- this is the exact goal. It does, we don't want it to be that conscious. We want it to be kind of an unconscious act where it's just a quick drop. And then the things that open up beyond that are pretty extraordinary. Mm. Um, so those are the stories. We have a, a bunch of different stories of people, their reasons for why they why they wanted it and their hopes and dreams for it. And then the other thing that's kind of cool is it it's a friend of ours named Billy Phoenix says that quality time only comes from quantity time. And mm-hmm. so you don't know when that moment's going to, yeah. to come up. And so, and if you plan it out, if you try to plan out this magical moment, it's probably not going to happen, but you do need to be ready for it and available for it. And so we're hearing a bunch of those little things, even in the, just the kind of the mundanities of life that, Hey, this my we have a, another one, um, Aaron, her daughter, she, is exclusively using it for homework and she said her grades have never been better wow. so it's, it's little it's little things like that where mm-hmm. and then there are going to be the magical ethereal stories but some of it's just those small little moments we call you know the ro the term ro means to notice and so mm-hmm. these little moments of notice and sometimes that could just be a notice inside you know inside yourself of what you're feeling and we all know and we i think everybody knows this subconsciously everybody listening is when you change your relationship with your phone you change your relationship with everyone around you including yourself and so we are beginning to see that and hearing those stories and it's it's inspiring it's pretty it's pretty so incredible good. yeah you know i think when i think about what you guys have created as a 44 year old woman with teenagers yes it would be great for my kids i honestly am mm. just over here going like this would be great for me yeah, yeah. i mean you know like we can talk about boundaries with our kids and everything, but this feels like a family boundary. Yeah. Like this is for everyone. And I think that's the key also for sometimes getting your kids on board is to be like, yeah. oh, I bought this for me and you get to come along as well. Right. You know what I mean? Like this is for mom and dad, yeah. but since you live here, this is going to be part of your routine as well. Which hey, I think f- funny great. story, in full transparency, my wife did not use this for a couple of years. Uh-huh. It's like, I, I'm, I don't, I lose my phone all the time. I don't need it. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't need this. And one morning, probably a couple months ago she decided to use it and she she went through her devotion and journaling that morning and it was a game changer for Mm. her finally actually the way she described it was i finally had some me time because ordinarily when she would do that she'd read something and say oh i need to text so and so or tell them about Uh it or take a picture or look this up and she didn't have that option yeah so instead 
it was all about her for that yeah. moment. Not in a selfish way, but in yeah. a really good way. Yeah. And all of a sudden it clicked for her like, oh, this is for me as well. Yeah. Well, it, it's funny in our, in our research, our market research has told us, and this is not us creating this, this is through our research, is that dads and moms have different reasons for, for how they use their phones. So dads will generally put down their phones so that they can go connect with the people around them, their kids, their spouse, mm-hmm. so, you know, if, if they've been away for the day, they can connect with them. And again, this is not me saying this is research. Yeah. Don't you don't yell at me. Moms don't want a lot more time with their kids. They get they're getting plenty of time with their kids. <laughs> These like young kids at home, yeah. They're yeah, young kids at home. Like they're good. Mm-hmm. And so mom will put just like Misty, Heath's wife, moms will put down their phone so they can be about them for a mm-hmm. second. Just cut out the noise for a moment yeah. and just be able to have a, a moment yourself. And this gives you permission to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you deserve a few minutes. Yeah. Whether you know, if it's two minutes or twenty minutes or two hours. Like that's a really nice thing to just cut out the noise. You know, when you were talking earlier about how the app and it tells you like how long you've done it and I kind of equated it to my walking. Um, When I go on walks and I see that I went a little bit faster Mm -hmm. than the day before, which I'm walking guys, how fast can you go? You know what I mean? Like, you know, I was like three seconds faster on the way. It gives me inspiration for the next day. And so I'm guessing, I've never used this before, but I can't wait to use it. I'm guessing that when you pick up your phone and you were showing me earlier Mm. on the app that you can see your monthly stuff and what you've done, that has to give you a boost. It's like when I get on my Peloton bike and I'm like, you've got a streak going. I'm like, yeah, I do. I'm about to get on it again today. (laughs) And so that is encouraging because I would have never thought of that if I was thinking of this product. I'd be like, people don't need an app. Apps are our problem. Just put your phone in there. But it is so encouraging. It's so well, it's encouraging. a great point. I mean, we, we're a technology company. Yeah. Right? yeah. And, and in some ways, we've taken all of the tricks that social media in particular has used to hook you, yeah. and we're using those to hook you on being off your phone. Yeah. Streaks, badges, levels, encouragement, nudges. Yep. All those things are super powerful, and we've embedded them into the app to keep you coming back. Isn't that crazy? 100%. And this is not, we don't feed them with a, a multiple choice list. When we ask people to describe how they feel after an RO session, time time with their phone and RO, when they see the app and how much time, say, Hi, tell me how, what that feeling is. 100% of people say they feel proud of themselves. Oh, exactly. I would yeah. imagine that. Yeah, it, it's, it is. There's, there's a, there is a dopamine hit. Again, back to, you know, the way they keep us on our phones. Like, there is a dopamine hit to seeing what you've done and being proud of yourself. And then, and then it's really cool to see. I just looked at my last 30 days. I've spent 26 hours of family time in the last 30 days. That feels really good. And what do you want to do? I want to go have some more family time because I know you I just. hit 27 next Yeah, I want to hit 27. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, I can tell you're just slightly competitive, Jamie. <laughs> yes, Amy. a little bit. So just slightly. But that's the other thing. When you have your groups within the RO app, your, pre, your family groups or your friend groups, it's a competition. Oh, then. I can see what my kids and everyone's oh. doing in my house. <gasps> well, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can compare, and then we'll tell like, hey, you're in second place. You better, you know, once you, you know, pick it up to get first. first. Yeah, you're getting I'm first. Get I can first tell place. you're going to get oh, first. Yeah. Uh-huh. So that's you know the competitive nature of that. Again, all in fun, lighthearted ways, but all with the goal of pushing you toward engaging in real life. Yeah. yeah. The reason that I love this product so much, and and you're hearing your guys' story and mission, what you're doing, is because. You can go one or two ways with technology. You can say like, technology is from the devil. It's killing us. We hate it. No one have a phone. No one have anything. And then you can be smart and be like, okay, technology is not going anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Like this is just yeah. starting. This is, I mean, I was at a conference. I was telling you guys about it last week. And there were people there who were developing um, where you put the, gla- the goggles on. What is that called? And you, VR. VR. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
and I've always thought like VR scares the crap out of me mm-hmm. because I've only seen it used in very poor ways with like pornography and stuff. Yeah. And so, but they totally pitched it in a totally different mm-hmm. way about how to reach unreached people groups. I mean, I was wow. blown away with what they were doing. And it was a reminder of like, Technology's not leaving. Yeah. Yeah. So how do we, as families, as people who love quality time, as followers of Jesus, yeah. how do we take what is here yeah. and use the best of it? Exactly I, right. I, I totally agree. And I actually have, it, it makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable on a lot of the people who are, are, are not educating their kids well. So you think about the story of Sleeping Beauty. Mm-hmm. So the story of Sleeping Beauty, the young princess, it's prophesied over her that she would prick her finger on a spinning wheel someday. So what did her parents do? They got rid of every spinning wheel. Right. Right? And so then the first time she encountered a spinning wheel, she pricks her finger and it comes true. And I'm afraid that we're doing that same thing. What if they'd have taught her, like, what if she was like the most awesome spinning wheeler in all the kingdom? And so then she, <laughs> so never, she would looked, never prick her yeah, finger. Yeah, exactly. So let's teach let's teach us, you know, how to use these like modern day spinning wheels that we all carry it's around in our pockets. Example. But it's true. I think that I think we have a I think it's an incredible opportunity as parents, not only as parents, as individuals mm-hmm. for ourselves. To, to have something that's really, really practical because I think people are actually closer. I love you corrected yourself earlier when you said maybe not addiction. We agree. I don't think that most people I know are addicted to their phones. I think we have a bad set of habits. Mm-hmm. And I think, and I know that you subscribe to this train of thought, you're a lot closer than you think yeah. mm-hmm. to where you'd like to be. You're actually a lot closer to aligning your actions within your intentions mm-hmm. than you need to be. You just need a little bit of practical help yeah. that's environmental yeah. that will help you align that better. Yeah, and I think, I mean, I just keep thinking about this, the whole conversation is like, man, I'm convicted in a good way, yeah. not in a shameful way, mm-hmm. but I'm convicted of like, man, I wanna make sure I'm showing my kids a good example yeah. because really, I think sometimes I'm like, I can be on my phone. You know what, guys? I have a job. Yeah. I'm yeah. on my phone. I'm talking to my team. Listen, I have a job. Yeah. You guys are teenagers. <laughs> I'm adulting. So I'm adulting. <laughs> but in reality, should I be adulting at 7.30 at night? Right. You know, right before dinner starts? So no. True. You know, I hope not. I'm not the president of the United States. Yeah. I always like, I'm just, it's okay for me to not be adulting right now. That's so, so great. Well, the example of adulting, I think, I mean, this happened a couple weeks ago. I was telling my 16 year old, so I've got twins, boy, mm-hmm. girl. They're both driving. Mm-hmm. We taught them how to drive. We took them to a course. Like we actually invested. Like you're getting this wonderful, powerful, you know, moving object. You need yeah. to you need to be prepared to to use it effectively or safely. And I remember saying to him, I said, "You're driving too fast, Maddox." And his response was, "You drive fast, Dad." Mm. Right. So again, everything we're doing, everything we're modeling. They're seeing and experiencing, right? And you want to be like, well, I drive fast when I know there's no cops, and I drive fast, you know, <laughs> yeah, don't, exactly. don't look at me. Well, it's true. I mean, well, my like, response was, I've been driving for 40 years, which, or 30 years, whatever the number is, which doesn't matter. You? It doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 So it doesn't matter. It's so true. So um, I, I love what you guys are doing. All right, you guys, I'm going to ask you what you're reading, but first, I want to tell you this. Today's What Are You Reading segment is sponsored by Tommy Nelson and the new children's book, Dream Big for Kids. Dream Big for Kids is written by New York Times bestselling author and a friend of mine, Bob Goff, along with his daughter, Lindsay. Bob wants kids to know that their dreams matter, and this book will help them to discover what it means to dream big. From writing songs, to climbing mountains, to finding sickness as a doctor or a scientist, dreams don't look the same for everyone. Dreams grow from the creative spirit and individual spark God put in each of us to make a difference, to build something new, and to help the world. And you guys, you know what? You cannot dream big if you're on your phone all the time. Mm. Oh, look at that. Did you like that? that? That's full circle. That was was a good full circle moment. You cannot dream big. Like Bob and Lindsay are telling the kids to if the kids are on the phone. So, so true. I would like to hear from you guys. What are y'all reading? Jamie wants to know. Jamie wants to know. We want to know what you're reading. 
Well, real quick, our research, the number one thing that people said they wanted to do when they put down their phone was read. Oh. Quantitative, qualitative, all the research we did. Yeah. So it's there. Um, and you know what? Uh, I always say, I'm going to do it. Readers are leaders. Readers yeah. are leaders. <laughs> readers are <laughs> Okay. I, I used to, well, you know what? I actually we changed it. I always say this to my kids. And now I switched it to say leaders, leaders are readers. Are readers yeah. Because I doubt you'll find a leader who's not a reader. That's so true. There you go. 100%. And you guys are leaders, so what are you guys Aww. reading? I, you, I am circling back to books I've read before. Yeah. I love that. So I've, I've got a stack of, I don't know, 100 books that I want to read, or I've someone's told me to read, so mm-hmm. I've ordered them. But I find that I'm just like trying to click them off just to yeah. get through it, check a box. So I am going to circle back to Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, because <sighs> I think probably every third line in that book is highlighted or underlined. I mean, f- frankly, it was fundamental Amazing. to the business, and I've email John Mark to let him know that so he, he knows it um, I mean I read that this summer and I unlike you I think it's dumb to reread books I'm mm. like you already did it there's a million books to read why would I read another book but I, I told myself I want to read that book every year I had the it's exact so same thought about that book yep. you're so Indeed. right every, I want to read it every single yes. year you yep. need the reminder yeah so you're circling back around to that and I'm circling back around to 12 Rules for Life by Jordan Peterson as well worth reading again yeah. as well there you go I got, um, we have a friend named Adam Tarno in Dallas, and he just released a book called The Edge. Okay. So I'm uh, starting to read that. Um, I'm going to give you the most typical, and I'm sorry to say it, but I'm not sorry. Sorry, I'm not sorry. I'm reading the Bible. Jamie, okay, that's always me. a given I'm here. sorry, is it? Is it? I mean. <laughs> <laughs> but I just, if I'm if I'm so chipper, it's because I read Lamentations this morning. Okay, there um, you go. So we, and I, my friend KB and I, we are, we're reading through in a year, and we'll send a text in the morning just with a check mark when we both finished, which mm. is really, really fun to go through that kb as in um not the rapper okay no, all right. no, i was about no, to say no, very cool no. i buy my kids just clothes <laughs> yeah. all the time okay carry on yeah, exactly uh yeah i text my friend eminem every yeah. <laughs> when we, when we and then the third one is my favorite book of all time second of the bible a book called my glorious brothers by howard fast it's written in 1950 it's about it's a historical recreation of the maccabean revolt mm. which i'm sure that description gets everybody yeah. excited yeah, but no it is the most incredible incredible book it's out of print so i anytime i can find it out of print i order order so i have a stack of six or seven at the house but wow. i'm rereading that one and it's incredible that's awesome it is so interesting that that's what people say they want to use their time for oh yeah is to read to a person yeah a close second is better relationships yeah yeah, but yeah yeah always reading yeah this this might be tmi i hope it's not everyone showers so it's not it's not <laughs> tmi uh i take baths every night it's like mm-hmm. not to get clean just to relax mm-hmm so I take baths every night, and I will publicly admit I've gotten a really bad habit of bringing my phone mm. with me. Yeah, and I unashamedly like this game on my phone that I, I'm really good at, but I like it. And um, I used to only keep that game on my iPad, so I could only use it if I was on an airplane. Oh. It was like because I don't really have my iPad around all the time unless I'm traveling. But I've gotten in a bad habit, and your guys' conversation—I told y'all I'm getting some. Um, good reminders of how I could do something. I could read a book. I could read my books because yeah. I love reading the bath. It's like the best. Yeah. But I've gotten a bad habit, so I'm mm. I'm breaking that habit tonight. I love, I it. love it. No more phone in the bath. And I would say at this, nah. I, I was just gonna say if it's if you need to have a little unwind time playing your, your tune blast, phone game, tune blast. playing tune blast. <laughs> if you need a little tune blast time, I again like that's. 
th- this is where our, our our phones are tools for us. Like we're we're not the tool. The phone is a tool. And so if that's if sometimes you need a little tune blast, I say tune blast. Sometimes. I appreciate you saying that, tune but yourself. I am most I'm mature enough to know okay. that I don't need tune. Blast. You don't need any tune blast. No, I yeah. need to read. That's what I, I I I can I can give myself a bad grade on this right I now. Got you. Okay, I, that's I, I can right. construct a criticism <laughs> myself right here. Um, but you guys. This is amazing. I am really, really impressed with this and really grateful that I saw this on Rebecca's social media page. So awesome. So I could find out about it. And we're going to do a giveaway as well. So guys, follow me at Jamie Ivy on Instagram. And we're going to connect it with you guys and do a giveaway. And we're going to make someone's Thanksgiving that much better. Oh, I love, love that. It. See? Can you imagine how thankful they'll be for all the people around them? It's going to be I great. I know. Yeah. It's going to be so great. <laughs> it's going to be the thankfulest Thanksgiving. Heath, Joey, thank you so much. Thank, thank you, you, Jamie. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy podcast. We are truly grateful for every single story that we get to share with you, every encouragement we get to give you, and every opportunity we get to point all of us to Jesus. If you're loving this show, we would really appreciate it if you would leave us a rating and or a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, tell your friends. That is the number one way that people find out about our show. It's because you tell them. Join us right here every Wednesday and Friday for meaningful conversations that will make us think, they'll make us laugh, and they'll always point us back to Jesus. And come find me other places on the internet as well. I love Instagram. I'm over there at Jamie Ivy. And if you've never visited my YouTube page, you're going to want to go there. Have you ever listened to a show and wondered, I wonder what they look like? Well, go find us over there. It's jamieivy.com slash YouTube. The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy is a production of Ivy Media Podcast. Executive produced by Jamie Ivy, produced by Lindsay Sweeney, edited by Angie Elkins, show notes by Ashley Miner, art by Jen Jet Barrett, original music by Matt Graham, and I'm your host, Jamie. Have a happy hour with a friend.